right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new podcast from Mad Fat Loud Entertainment. This is Earth Nerds Are Cheesy. I'm your host, Maddox, and I'm a nerd. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Kevlar Kate, and I'm a nerd. Well, at least we're both nerds. So does this make it revenge of the nerds? I don't want to get revenge on anybody. Nerds are awesome. See, that's the way I feel, too. For those of you out there that are just tuning in, this is a podcast that is going to relate to geek culture and basically the cheesiest stuff we can find to talk about. Super cheesy. Super cheesy. We're talking cheesier than Killer Clowns from Outer Space cheesy. <laughs> uh, we want this or so cheesy. than Attack of the Killer Donuts. Oh, God. Yeah, I watched that, by the way. <laughs> that might be the... You're welcome. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, they, you said it was bad. I should have, t- <laughs> I should have taken your advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, we want to start out and just kind of tell you guys a little bit about each other. Some of, the, some of the things that we like as far as geeks, the things that we're into, just so you get to know your hosts. Uh, those of you that listen to the Heavyweight Chumps Radio Hour or podcast know I'm an indie film buff. I'm into horror movies. I'm into comic book movies. If it's pop culture, I'm pretty much into it as long as it's not K-pop. But when it comes to geek culture... My favorite comic book character is Gambit. And, well, quite frankly, for me, there's no such thing as too cheesy unless you're talking about maybe the original run of Star Trek. Oh, ouch. (laughs) I'm a next generation kid. (laughs) Okay. Okay. My my co-host over here is in way geekier stuff than I am. Boy, wait till y'all hear this. Way geekier stuff? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> well, most of the stuff. Well, <laughs> I love cheesy horror movies. So I adore Attack of the Killer Donuts. Uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes 1, 2. I watch them all. They're my favorite things to watch in the entire world. Uh, I also love the superhero movies, and my favorite comic book character uh, I said on a previous show was Deadpool, of course. Um, but I love all of the sci-fi shows, especially anything on the Sci-Fi Channel. Love them. So you, like myself, are a big sci-fi original movie fan. Yes. Okay. Which one was the best Sharknado? You're going to make me choose? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Oh, God. Okay. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't skip the first one because the first one is just, it started it. It started Sharknado and they just get better from there. So, well, yes, that, I've seen them all. That depends on your definition of better. For you and me, they get better. For most anybody else, they got a lot worse. Um, the only thing that I will say, I agree with you when it comes to my favorites, the very first one is the best, but I will say this, the last one, the only thing I can say about that is poor Tara Reed. Her, her career just went off the, off the rails quickly. Bless her heart. That's a Southern way of saying you screwed up woman. Yeah. And all of her appearances and things. I loved her in American Pie. Loved her in the first Sharknado, but she just, mm, honey, sit down somewhere, please. (laughs) The last time I ever thought she, the last time I thought she did a decent job in a, what wasn't an original, like a made for TV movie, probably Van Wilder. I thought she was great in that, but then again, that could have just been, it was a Ryan Reynolds movie and it was probably, it's aside from Deadpool, probably my favorite of his. She's silently judging me. (laughs) (laughs) But we talked about to start this thing. One thing that we wanted to do is there's going to be a segment here on this show called binge and purge. 
Binge and purge. It is your pop culture bulimia moment. (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry, I'm fat and there is no eating disorder. (laughs) Oh, goodness. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first. Oh, yay. So excited. Okay. So I can silently judge you this time. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Because my choices are awesome. So the first show that you should binge is Killjoys. Love, love Killjoys. Um, the actress who plays Dutch, fantastic. Uh, it has Aaron Ashmore in it, who plays uh, Johnny on uh, Warehouse 13. He was also Steve Jinks. Uh, has uh, Luke McFarlane, who plays Davin, and he has been the like, super hunk on some of the, and you're going to judge me for this, on the Hallmark Movie Channel. He's on several of those movies. Oh, I'm judging you harder <laughs> than Judge Judy would right now. God. <laughs> but Killjoys is an amazing show. It's about bounty hunters in outer space, and they go on adventures, and they, just, they get into a lot of trouble, and I love the dynamics of that cast. So if you haven't watched um, Killjoys, you need to binge it. All right, so there's your binge. My binge is mm-hmm. a little more a little more old school for me. Just because I think maybe this generation has kind of slept on it a little bit. Uh but I think if you're sitting around right now and you're quarantined, go sit down and watch the entire run of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Sons of Anarchy, yes, the archetypes and everything it plays up like Hamlet it has a very Shakespearean take, but if you look at the cast, it's Ron Perlman, who for for those of you that are geeks, also the original Hellboy. Uh, Love him. To me, was the best. I, the The new Hellboy was not as bad as everybody said, but he was not Ron Perlman. I like David Harbor, but he's no Ron Perlman. Uh, but you have to look at the supporting characters in that and the character development that went on throughout sons of anarchy and the way that you saw jacks progress and things of that nature now the thing that bugged me the most about that entire series is poor opie who was jack's best friend he got he just he was done so dirty by in so many different ways throughout the entire run of that show that to see the way his arc on the show ended is absolutely gut-wrenching and you will never hear it's a small world the same again now you mentioned killjoys which is something i've never seen i'm starting to get the feeling you've never watched an episode of sons of anarchy that would be correct. Why did you sleep on it? Because it's not sci-fi enough. <sighs> well, it's <laughs> okay. It's it's not sci-fi. I agree with not you there. Sci-fi. It's not sci-fi, but it's as someone that likes a good story arc and character development, I think it's something you would dig. As far as me going into Killjoys, I think I now know what I'm going to do with my weekend. (laughs) Now we have to talk about the fun stuff. What are you going to purge before we start having a purge? Okay. Um, A show that I started watching and then I stopped because I just could not get into it. uh, Even though there's a lot of people that love it. The 100. I started to watch it, and I think if I were younger, I probably would have um, identified more with the characters. But it's another outer space, kind of related sci-fi show. Um, but mm-mm. I did not like the writing. I didn't like the characters. I never connected with a single character in that show. So purge it. Don't even, don't even, don't even watch it. You had the same problem with the 100 that I have with this series that I'm going to recommend that everyone purge. And it is still ongoing with the third season in development as we speak. 
I am staying in the Sons of Anarchy universe, and I am begging everyone to purge Mayans MC. Mayans MC, for those who don't know, and apparently including my co-host, is a spinoff from Sons of Anarchy that takes place three years after the end events of Sons of Anarchy, which I will not give away, although at this point most of you probably already know how it ended. Um, but it's the same problem you have. The story is the story for it is convoluted as hell. I watched the first season and it's only 10 episodes, but it was a, it was a task to get through those episodes with sons of anarchy. The writing was clean. The writing was crisp. The character development was fantastic. You knew what you were getting every week. There were very few episodes that for me were letdowns on, on the original sons. Whereas Mayans was just so hyper-focused on one thing that the character development of the supporting cast to me was let go. And that weakened the show tremendously and it's not, the same and i don't think season three will be as good as the first two because now kurt sutter has stepped away as even being the showrunner on his own show he created so if the creator is even stepping away and i realize he's stepping away because he said it was time for a person of color to handle the reins of what has been the latin american motorcycle club and I just think that without the voice of the guy who knew where he wanted that story to go when he started, it's going to mess it up completely. I could be entirely wrong and we could see a, a walking dead scenario that much like when Frank Darabont left the series or was ousted as showrunner and the show kept going and even picked up steam, but I'm not going to bet on it. I would almost mark season three down if I'm to put odds on it, I'm going to say 10 to 1 odds that it doesn't last. To a, it doesn't get a fourth season. So for me, purge Mayans MC. Now, I am going to correct you on one thing. I did know that it was a spinoff. So there. <laughs> you know, between you and my wife <laughs> and my other co-host, Jesus, now do I have three wives now? you just don't show them off yeah existing co-host is now running the board and now flashing me to say yeah i could be your wife because i do have tits i said i don't you liar (laughs) i told him he had to buy me a drink first he doesn't listen but when we are going we're going to take a slight break right here folks and when we come back Kevlar kate and i are going to dive into something that she turned me on to that was binge worthy is one of for me has been one of the best series of character developments on television probably since sons of anarchy we're gonna do a little magic we're gonna head to break bills and discuss the magicians but hey we'll be right back ahoy mateys it's your old pal shipwreck here reminding you to make sure you tune into the heavyweight chumps every tuesday 10 p.m central on Radio Memphis. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Yo, Joe! Hey, welcome back to Earth Nerds Are Cheesy. This is Keller Kate with my co-host Maddox, and we are going to be talking about the Magicians, one of my favorite shows. I love it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to forgive you for what you did in making me get into that show. I totally, y'all, I totally recommended him to watch The Magicians, and he's hooked now, just like me. Yeah, you recommended it to me, what, two weeks ago? Maybe yeah, three? and you're on. <laughs> and I'm almost caught up with the current season. <laughs> It is another binge-worthy show. It is. Uh, it's definitely binge-worthy. And I'm going to be honest, it's binge-worthy from where most episodes or most series like that, I think, take 
two to three episodes to really start moving along, you get in, you get drawn into the story of this in the first episode. You, you want to go into the, the second episode the minute the first is over. Oh, yeah. The now, writing on this is fantastic. Now, I know it's based on a series of books. Have you picked up the books yet? I have not. But I believe, let's see, it was, I have it written down somewhere, Lev Grossman, who wrote the books. Yes. And there were, if I'm remembering correctly, there are three books, which you wouldn't think you could get four seasons. As far as I know, they've only gone into the, they're only covering the first book. And my thing with it is I want to pick up the books, but I understand there were some changes to characters for the series. Yeah, there's always changes. Well, like Margot didn't exist in the books, correct? Correct, but oh, she's my favorite character. Why do you identify? Let, let's handle the favorite characters issue first <laughs> before we go into the show. Why do you identify <laughs> so closely with Margot? What what about her makes you so crazy about her? Other than the later it's seasons with the bedazzled eye patch, which is awesome. <laughs> And her ability to beat people up, you know, uh, she's just a very strong woman. Her character arc has been amazing. She went from being a little bit superficial to now she has such depth and she genuinely cares for all of the, these characters. And I am invested in her character and her life. She says exactly what's on her mind. And I think everyone should aspire to do that. But I know a lot of people don't. So I really, truly admire this character because I try to say what's on my mind. Sometimes it might not come out, you know, the best way. <laughs> uh, a lot of what she says doesn't come out the best way. <laughs> no, but she knows how to handle the aftermath. I'm not that good yet. <laughs> she she had a, she said something in the, was it late season four? Was it was, were we into season five when we, the, the one that really, there was one scene where they were working with a book in the kitchen and it may be season five, but she had to have, they had to have blood to put the words on the pages and she didn't cut herself and came back with plenty of blood on the pages. And she tells them <laughs> it's menstrual blood. You're fine. I was gagging going, Oh my God, they didn't just do that. And I don't know why it surprised me that it came out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think Margot is the character that the um, that the show uses to just say whatever is on their minds. And it doesn't matter how it's said or how it comes out. As long as it comes out of Margot, it's everything's fine. I, in, you might be right. <sighs> You say Margot is Margot's your favorite. Yes. My my favorite changed. Early in the run, my Great. favorite was Alice. Mm -hmm. But as the series has progressed, my favorite character is Katie. <laughs> yeah, she's she's pretty awesome too. Katie, Actually, there are a whole lot of strong female characters on the show. And that's something that we need to discuss because most of the time when you deal with a series, especially if you look at sci-fi, the general rule, if you think about the big franchises, have been one strong female. When you look at the original trilogy of Star Wars, you look at any trilogy of Star Wars, one strong female. Uh, you look at Harry Potter and you had Hermione Granger. Then you looked at this, which to me could have been an epic film series if they had decided to go that direction. And oh, I we, hope they do make a film. Oh, I do too. And you've got three just fantastic female leads. In you got four. That well, yeah, you're right. There are four because you have to factor in. Uh, yeah, you factor in the new the, the the acting high queen of Fillory, so that so to speak. Oh, Julia! I don't consider her Alice. I don't. Katie, I don't like Julia. <laughs> <gasps> I'm sorry. In my you still don't. 
You still don't like Julia. No, because I think Julia is the most selfish character in the entire damn series. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know she's had her. She, she, she has her moments. I'll give her that. But how many times does she do things for selfish reasons? And, and well, in all honesty, they all do that to a degree at some point or the other. Uh, but like if, Yeah, they're a bunch of 20-somethings. They're going to be selfish. <laughs> for those of you out there that are hearing us talk about this and you're going, well, what is the concept of this show? The best way I can describe this series is think a combination of Harry Potter with a little bit of the Chronicles of Narnia. But put it in college. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm pretty close there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got everything in this series for a sci-fi geek. You get nerds. You've got dwarves that aren't dwarves. You get pig magicians. You've got Jesus, witches, fairies. Basically, whatever they could throw at the screen and get to stick, you got to see. And yep. it started out with a bang in that these kids all got it, it starts out very Hogwartsy, <laughs> if you think about it. You know what bugged me through the entire the entire series though? What? Quentin's hair. I hate his hair. <laughs> You're going to hate it, but mine's growing out it. and doing that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst haircut ever. And then when he pulled it back into a ponytail, I was like, oh, no, no. Oh, he didn't pull it back into a ponytail. He put it up in a bitch bun. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was. Ugh. He yeah, he had a man bun big time. I mean, I know you hated Quentin's hair, but come on, we got to talk about, oh, oh, Elliot's. Oh, no. Elliot is, a is oh, what do they used to call him? A fop? Like, back in olden days? A fop? Like, in the 1800s? is a fop. So, he's got the curls and the, no, no, his hair is fine. It's Quentin's hair that just needs help. <sighs> it needs help. Well, it's, if- it's crying. It says, help me. <laughs> Well, the thing about, and I know we're, we're we're getting into characters before we start talking about the actual elements of the show, or certain episodes and things of the show we liked. <laughs> but if you look at the way they did his character arc, it, it was, I kind of understand what you mean, because sometimes his hair would just flop over in his face and he would just be doing, it was like it didn't bother him. And I'm sitting here going, I, that would bug the hell out of me. I don't have an issue yeah. with a guy with long hair. I'm a wrestling fan. We grew up with guys with long hair. <laughs> but you want to talk about characters that changed. You saw Margot go through a great change. Alice. Alice is almost multipolar. <laughs> um, but my big thing about Alice, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but when they started the series, they kind of tried to play down Alice's looks. Whereas as it progressed, it seemed like her clothes got shorter and tighter. Yes, the skirt got shorter. Yeah. And yep. I understand I you got to do something to keep the male viewers. But give me your opinion after the first first season, you get through with it. What made you say, I know I'm in for season two? Oh, wow. Everything about this show. Um, it, it, it's something where you just, you want to know what's next. Like, okay, so it went here, but what's next? What, is there going to be a happy ending? Is there going to be um, a new monster? We you know they, they've defeated this monster, but, you know, what can they come up with next? I love the imagination that this show has 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 basically shown the world um because in a world of magic um with break bills and with fillery 
anything is possible. And it's a fantastic thought just knowing that there's a show out there that can can encompass all of these wonderful magical things and tie them all together and even things that you never even thought of like a pig magician you know that's or true talking I... rabbits okay <laughs> all right yeah we got to talk about the talking rabbits for a minute <laughs> cuz the talking rabbits might be one of my favorite things on this series <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, you would think if you were going to use an animal, a fox would have made sense. You could have just said, I'm going to send a fox. Yeah. Sorry. Call back to an old Mel Brooks moment. Call back to a Mel Brooks movie. But I mean, the bunnies being passed from one dimension to the other. Oh, you you. Oh, my God. She knows Mel Brooks movies. Oh, my goodness. Grew up on Mel Brooks. Hello. That's a whole different show. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll go there so that's a whole different show <laughs> but the the bunnies for me just always true the first time i saw them, like wait a minute the rabbit just talked <laughs> and they're passing and them like a normal voice right and it, it and the fun thing for me is that it has a repeat function and if they don't tell you everything they have to drop another one for you to get the rest of the message <laughs> Yeah, it's like, um, oh, there used to be a function where you could, you could only record like for 10 seconds at a time and then you'd have to do another section and do another section. I don't oh. remember what that was. What was but that? it's like the bunnies or that. They're taking old 1980s um, uh, technology and putting it into a rabbit. Yeah, that's to a degree. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. I mean, it's not like a Teddy Ruxpin, but hey, it worked. <laughs> It always sounds like the rabbits are being choked, too. Yeah, it does. Well, then you found out they're giving the rabbits cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Are they choking or is it just the smoker's voice coming through? (laughs) (laughs) Because there are so many elements to this that were so weird for me the first. And the weirdness to it is what will draw you in. You kind of you'll be watching it and go, they did that. They did that. Oh, this can't get, they, this can't keep getting better. I don't know how many times I've sent you messages going, this shit just keeps getting crazier. I- <laughs> Especially during the musical episode. Oh God. They're, uh, they're musical episodes. Okay. For those of you out there that were Buffy fans and you liked the musical episodes of Buffy, you will love the musical. I, the set, whoever's in charge of picking the music for this show in its entirety does a fantastic mm-hmm. job of finding what song cues to use. And I, I've said this from the get-go. If I ever find a copy of this soundtrack, I will own it. This It's just, it's that good. It really is. And you look at the voice, the, the cast, you wouldn't think early on these people are going to be able to sing. And <laughs> thank God. Thank God they can carry a tune. (laughs) Yes. But with season, we didn't get a musical episode for the first time until season three. So we skipped a little bit ahead there. But as for season one and the big, as everybody knows with these kind of things, there's always a big bad. And the, I'm going to let you talk about the big bad. What, What are your thoughts on the big bad from season one? The big bad is the beast. Kind of scary. It's like an unknown. You think of like a monster, but the monster is actually quite human. And it's kind of fitting, actually, to know that big bad beast is a person. That's true. Just like you think. It's. It was a weird reveal as to how the beast became the beast and for that very reason is one thing i would say i wouldn't recommend this for anybody probably under the age of 15 16 years old this show does deal with a lot of adult issues and um content and how do they get away with swearing as much as they do on (laughs) sci-fi i have no idea (laughs) 
Margo alone should get them kicked off the air. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Margo. She can say whatever she wants. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Now, let's let's take these and look at these series as far as seasons as far as first things first. Let's talk what are craziest moments? What are what are your favorite crazy moments from each season? Let's start with season. Give me your all overall favorite and then I'll give you mine and then we'll work season to season. Favorite episode? Favorite crazy moment. Doesn't have to be just an episode. See, now you're putting me on the spot because this this show is just chock full of favorite crazy moments. Um, oh my gosh, I'm completely blanking because there are so many. Um, but ah, no. top three. Okay, season one. Okay, uh, season one. My favorite uh, crazy moment was uh, turning into birds. Okay, why? That was crazy. Why? Because you didn't expect that. You, you expected something completely different to happen. And it was so unexpected and it left you on a cliffhanger. Yeah. It's just boom. There, there are birds. What happens now? Where are they going? What happened? Yeah. You're, you're, you're exactly right on that. As far as for me, for overall, and, and I'm, I'm doing this mainly because I want to force you to have this conversation. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but when when you found out that the boats got horny, <laughs> the boats, yeah, my, my our engineers looking at me going, the what? <laughs> yes, the boats get horny. Uh, they were about to be boarded by pirates, and the pirates wouldn't leave until their boat could mate with the other boat. And I remember finishing that episode and sending Kate a message and going, I'm highly disappointed that we didn't get to see boats do it because I wanted to know how they were going to pull that off. <laughs> all in the rudder. I'm sure it is all in the rudder. But yeah, I mean, it was just that a boat that wants to have sex was just weird to me that that where that element came from. I, I Somebody was drinking or on some pretty good drugs when they came up with that concept. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But the boats, and and the boat ends up, the boat can also fly, so it's a horny boat that flies. Well, you know, the boat, and it's a boat. They were on a boat. That's all you can say, because it's magicians. They can do whatever they want. They they definitely can do whatever they want. The biggest issue throughout the series has been figuring out how to keep magic in the realms. That's been kind of the overarching long storyline play. Um, what are your, what have been your thoughts on that whole, they, do you think they've drawn that out too much? Are you still digging that element to the story? Well, at some point it does. You do hope that it evens out, but that's what their entire life is about. Without magic, they don't know how to go on. So to them, that's going to be the most important thing. So while I'm a little bit, you know, weary of watching things about how they're going to save it this time. Oh, look, magic is in trouble again. Oh, they lost it. No, they got it back. Oh, now there's a problem with it. I still like the way that the writers have changed the elements of it so that the characters don't know what's happening and it is a new problem to solve. True. Because the, the fun thing about the series is that they will play with the timelines. They will play with the dimensions. The one thing it I'm like you, it got a little watching it and going, how are they going to do it this time? Because it's, trying to figure that out, but they always make it fun and they keep the story moving so well that you just, you kind of accept it because you want to go on this journey with them. Yes. Uh, the one question have I have about the, over- the, well, the one thing I have the problem with is the dimensions is why do all the earths look like donuts? And fillery. Well, if you think about it, anytime they jump dimensions, if you look at the, if you look when they go, and you look like you're in space. All the planets look like donuts. I thought some of them were just flat. Everyone I've paid. 
watch that. I mean, you are more. Yeah, I'm a little bit more up to date because of the binging. (laughs) It does help when you've watched way too many hours of The Magicians in a few days. But this is with what they have managed to pull together and the time, the way they've managed to keep things interesting. I mean, you've had characters die, come back from the dead. You've had people turned into all kind of animals. They've made you, the, the writers are so good. They've made you care about what were originally just side characters that have become part of the main, main cast. Now, I mean, if you look at Josh, Josh was just a, auxiliary character at best when you first met him but he's awesome josh is awesome now i love josh of course you do josh is the biggest nerd on the damn show he really is i <laughs> <laughs> see i knew i'd get her on that one i have a character i want to know your opinion on uh-oh todd oh my god i hate todd <laughs> Yeah, everybody hates Todd, yeah. <laughs> Todd. He's such a brown noser and oh. But why name him Todd? <laughs> I just Because that's a preppy name. No, I I get it. That's I mean And just say Todd. 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 Yeah, <laughs> Todd. You don't want nobody likes Todd. I mean, even in the <laughs> even in the even in the realms where the main characters are not even the, in charge anymore. Nobody likes Todd. That's the shitty thing about Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but as the show progressed, and of course you have the big bad from season one, then you end up with, you have, you have the beast. And then, I mean, it just, you have so many different quests. I mean, you had to find the keys and the, that may have been for me, might've been my favorite season was when they were looking, oh, finding, the, finding the keys. Because everything was a quest. Yeah. I mean, every episode was a quest and it was, there, there were so many different elements. There's almost a whimsical Wizard of Oz type vibe to the show. But think more along the lines of the actual books and not the musical from the, what, 30s? Yeah. So... You can get that element. Um, the one thing I will say is that when I did admit that there are dwarves on the show, the dwarves are not played by little people, which made me extremely happy because when I heard dwarf, I automatically recoiled. <laughs> yes, I recoiled at Leprechaun, too. Little people scare me. What? It's a phobia. It's a legit phobia. Um, I had, and I'll tell the story just because the listeners don't know it. I was. I don't know it. Oh, I haven't told you the story yet. Nope. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Um, I yeah. your 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 phobia. This may be the last show we record when she hears this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was five, maybe. I went to a circus at one of the local community colleges. That was in the arena and there were clowns. The clowns didn't bother me, but one of the clowns was happened to be a little person clown and he was standing right by me when the cannon went off and then he rolled down the steps and I thought that he was dead and it terrified me to the point of any time I see little people, it still freaks me out. Because you thought he was dead? Yes. Oh, that's awful. I still blame my mother's sister for that one. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I'm telling you. And and when I say terrified, I have legitimately, I have a bad knee and I almost high hurdled over when a casino one time, he popped out from behind a cocktail waitress as I was walking past. And I swear, I just jumped straight up in the air and I somehow cleared him. I don't know how. My wife laughed until she almost hurt herself. Mm-mm. Way to go, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you like my wife. So. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. 
But back to the magicians. So Yes, yes, yes. So back to the little people that weren't little people. <laughs> Another good thing about the magicians is that there's also a library. And I am a big reader. I love books. And so seeing a library in this show really, um, really connected with me on another level, another nerd level. Sorry. <laughs> I'm with you there. I, when they added that element and the element of the underworld being involved with the library and folks, mm-hmm. when, when, when we say underworld in relating to this show, we're not talking about the mafia. This is or or hell. It's it's almost purgatory. It's kind of hard to yeah. describe. Although we know they have a bowling lane. <laughs> yeah, but the it's library. Like your living yes, exactly. It's a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fun thing is about the libraries. There's so many different elements to it that you find out over. Over the course of the series, you get to know a little bit more each season about what the library actually is. So we don't want to give away too much. And another good thing about this show is it does incorporate people with different disabilities. So there is an episode where it's people speaking sign language the entire time. And not that that's a disability, but it's something that is not normal. So this show, I love it because it is groundbreaking in that it forces you to learn about different elements that people deal with on a daily basis. And Marley Matlin is fantastic in that role. Yes, I love her. She is so great. Um, For those of you that may not be familiar with the actress, if you watched the show, oh gosh. There was a series a while back. It's about a cop that kind of had a photographic memory. A lot of that's based on her because she does actually have an eidetic memory as well. But she does a fantastic. Oh, you're talking about the redhead. Yes. Oh, what was the name of that show? Yeah, you know, I'm the curly redheaded that. chick that ran around in tank tops the entire time. Yes. Okay. Sorry. And Jane Curtin <laughs> was the medical examiner. I can remember that much. See, we always joked around and called it the Rememberer, so I don't know what it was called. <laughs> uh, but she is, as for, as an actress, she showed me a lot in this series. And that's the fun thing about the series is the, the characters or the actors that you know when they come into the series are not, they're, they're auxiliary characters. None of the names that you know in the series are actually large characters for this, the, the series. I mean, it's, look at, Cameron Mannheim, uh, from for those of you that may be Boston Legal or fans of hers from, gosh, before Boston Legal, it was another David E. Kelly court show. That, but she is, she's great in it as well. I mean, there's so many of the little background characters that you'll notice that will make mm-hmm. such a difference. For me, the Dean is one of my favorite characters, but when it comes to the side characters, the Russian in charge of Break Bill South, whose last name I cannot yeah. pronounce. Uh, Mayakovsky? That's close. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> close enough. He is. I'm pretty sure it's not. He is a vodka-soaked, just alcoholic, doesn't care. One thing I've noticed about magic is it makes you drink a lot. (laughs) Yes, yes, it does. Apparently on this show, yes. (laughs) And it helps you to, to perform magic to be drunk. I could see that. You know, I could see that. And I mean, it definitely... It kind of, I guess it opens you up to be a little bit more freer with your magic. But unlike mm-hmm. most shows that have dealt with these kind of elements with magic before, you have a different take on how they have to perform the spells. You don't just get to write them down and read them out and you get what you want. You have the elements of 
they have to, well, for lack of a better word, for, or lack of a better term for me, they have to basically throw up magical gang signs to do magic. <laughs> yes, magical gang signs. I love that. Or what, I think we started actually calling it hand jive at one point, but... Uh, <laughs> But they do, they have to, there's actually a physical element to everything that you have to do. And I think that adds to it because it makes it a little bit more grounded in an odd kind of way. And it differentiates it from the way it has been shown in the past. Now, I one thing about the show is how they've also had to deal with the time changes from one season to the next in certain seasons. Yes. And and how they handle that because the one thing that can confuse you and I think kind of confused me a bit is that and again it's going to be giving away something for us to have this conversation so spoiler alert um <laughs> the the time loop spell that caused mm-hmm. there to be 40 different versions of everybody floating out there. Yes. That can get a tad confusing at times, but if you stay invested in the show, you will see how it actually works out for the betterment of the series. I think if you deal with one particular character, of course, the traveler who is my, who I think, quite frankly, might be the most well-adjusted character on the show. Oh, I totally agree. Penny is the only one that knows that something is wrong when everybody else goes in headfirst. And and he's the right? only one that's he's like, like the voice of... Yeah, he, he is. He's, a, he's the Jiminy Cricket of the crew. But he always gives in. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Gives in, but again, if you notice, how did what who usually gets him to give in? It's usually a female. Yeah, it's a girl. Uh huh. Which goes on to prove, even when you have magic, when you're a guy, you'll do anything a girl tells you to do. (laughs) (sighs) Granted, seeing the two, seeing the two girls that he had to fight or had to choose between, almost understandable. But still, <laughs> um, I think the one thing that both of us are drawn to when it comes to this show is is the quality of writing and the way these showrunners put this together and sci-fi allowing the show to build over time and add new characters and has let it bloom into what it's become. What do you hope to see? I know they've announced that the fifth season is going to be the finale. I know it's the last season. I'm so upset. Are you caught up? I am. And you're not. No, I'm (laughs) not. I hope to be by tomorrow. Uh, But no, I'm not at this point. Um, Although we did see recently the announcement that the finale is going to be a musical episode. So I know they're going to go out with a bang, yes. which is always good. Um, the Like I said, I hope they do a movie or something with this because I don't want it to end. I really don't. I, I would even be happy if they would just give us a sci-fi original movie. To, <laughs> to, you know, they've got two other books. Do a, you, know, you don't have to do it, you know, right now, but every, every year or so, give us a new one. I would be happy with that. You're sitting there going, uh-uh, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. Um, seriously, y'all, once you start watching this show, you're just going to get caught up. And you just, you don't want it to end, which I love watching their Instagram. If if y'all, y'all aren't following them on Instagram, you need to follow them on Instagram because they're doing a whole bunch of behind the scenes and interview with the cast. So. It's really fun to see the dynamics and what the different characters or the actors think of their characters. It's I love I love watching that stuff. I am following them on Twitter, but not Instagram. I guess I need to go rectify that situation. Yes. Because you're missing a lot of good stuff. 
And speaking of which, if you're out there and you're looking for us online, you can find us on Twitter. You can catch me at HWC Maddox. You can find my co-host at Kevlar underscore Kate. Be sure you tweet us, give us some suggestions of shows or things you'd like to hear us discuss as this show progresses. I know this first episode was a little bit rough. It's it's it always is when you start something new and you're getting used to how everything's going to flow. Things are going to always get better as we move forward. We hope. <laughs> um, as I've said, I have been trying to get thrown off the air for two years and it hasn't happened yet. So we're going to hope that luck keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate, let's let's give them a little bit of insight. What do you want to talk about next week? Ooh, next week, I think maybe we should talk about some of the cheesy horror movies. If we're going to do cheesy horror movies, then I say, <gasps> uh-oh, you have it. Go ahead. What? You don't want to talk about cheesy horror movies. Oh, no, no. I said if we're going to do cheesy horror movies, then I say we do what we had previously discussed. I think we do a food issue. Oh, I think we should so do a food episode. So, yes. so next, the next episode that will be right, <laughs> we'll still be here on the heavyweight chumps feed as we work out the kinks in this thing. Be ready for it because it's going to be a buffet of B movies. We're going to dive into Attack of the Killer Tomatoes <laughs> and Attack of the Killer Donuts just so we can have some dessert. <laughs> Well, Kate, it's been a good first episode for us. We've hit our time. What would you like to say to the people out there that are listening and tuned in? Just thank you for giving us a listen and giving us a shot and staying nerdy. There you go. That's the best way to say it. Everybody out there, let your freak flag fly. Be the geek that you are. Because remember, the geeks shall inherit the earth. We'll see you next week.